Hey guys, what's up? It's Raven. Fun fact, I am now recording my podcast in my closet because recording it in my office like I had originally planned just did not really work out. So we're going to see if recording it in my closet helps at all. Um, I don't know. Stay tuned. But on another note, today I want to talk about being a baby mama. Yes, I am a baby mama. Well, at least that's how some people refer to it. Um, I prefer to call myself a single mom. There are cases where the phrase baby mama is okay to me, depending on who's saying it and, and what the intention is behind it. For the most part, I prefer to be called a single mom. But this episode is going to be all about baby mama drama, essentially. Um, so if you're new here, if you don't know my life story, if you don't know um, about my situation, I am a single mom, like I just said, but I've never really dived too deep into, I guess, why or how I became a single mom, if that's how you want to say it. Um, I didn't really suddenly become a single mom. I was always a single mom. As soon, pretty much as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I was also no longer in a committed relationship with the father of my child. So I have been a single mom the entire time. It's not something that like happened to me halfway through or anything like that. Um, but I just, like I said, I've never really talked in detail about that whole story. I mean, I've told the story, but I told the story in a way where I left out a lot of the details. Um, but let me just let me just preface this episode by saying um, I do plan on talking a lot more about my experience going forward and I will be sharing more details. It's really scary for me to share details. I'm going to be as careful as I can as far as having a balance between being really open and honest and and sharing my truth, but also being careful about what I say and what I put out there because, you know, it involves other people. It involves my daughter. I'm putting my daughter's business out there at the same time. So I have to be really careful with that. But I am trying, y'all. I'm trying to be as open and as detailed as I can. I just need y'all to be understanding with me as far as, you know, what I can and can't say to a certain extent. Um, but I'm definitely planning on being a lot more detailed than I have been on my main YouTube channel. I'll just put it that way. So being a baby mama, being a baby mama, what does the label baby mama mean or imply in the first place? That's what I wanted to firstly, firstly dive into this whole concept of being a baby mama, because that's very much so a thing in not only just our generation now, but it's been a thing for a few generations and it's a hot topic. It's something that I always see people giving their two cents on social media, namely Twitter, namely when it has to do with celebrities, but also just with regular people. I see people venting, whether it be the dad or the mom or somebody outside of it. Just it's something that I always see people talking about and it annoys me a lot usually because I feel like what I'm seeing is a lot of outsiders chiming in on something that they don't have enough knowledge on. And that's really annoying. Um, so I asked you guys on Instagram a few weeks ago now, like a few months ago now, when you hear the phrase baby mama or when you think of a baby mama, what do you think of? And I have a list here of responses 
that I got from you guys also mixed in with things that I've just seen random people say on Twitter. And it's really interesting because this is kind of crazy for me to read these like stereotypes or these thoughts because this is what some people think of me. I'm a single mom. I'm a baby mama. So all these things that I have on this list, I'm like, this is what people think of me who don't know me. It's just crazy. So let's just dive into the list. Number one, a baby mama is not married, not a wife. Okay, sure. But because she wasn't worthy or she wasn't able to get those titles, she can't keep a man. Hmm. She's stupid, young, immature. You think of drama, you think of the word ghetto, you think of an angry woman. She's for the streets. She's ratchet. She would rather be a baby mama than do what it takes to be a wife. They chose this life. She's ruining her child's life by not trying to make it work with the father. She's just some random girl that the father got pregnant on accident. She's irresponsible, reckless. She wasn't being safe and she never practices safe sex. She's promiscuous, always doing one night stands, doesn't know the father of her child very well. The relationship with the father was purely sexual and never serious. She's bitter, jealous, and always has evil intentions towards the father. She's also unfit, not equipped to be a good mom, and needs a ton of outside help. She's likely broke. And she's using the father for his money, possibly abusing the purpose of child support and other aid. She's using the child as a pawn to manipulate the father. She's not taking care of the baby, but she's using the money to take care of herself. She doesn't let the father see his child simply because she doesn't like the father or because the father doesn't want her. Because the father doesn't want her romantically, then she keeps the child away from the father just out of spite. It's her fault that the relationship ended. She was likely crazy or toxic, so he left her. She's loud and aggressive, always causing unnecessary problems, going off and immediately dating other men, maybe quickly getting pregnant again by another man, has multiple kids by multiple men, but she's jealous when the father starts dating someone else. She's just another statistic. It's almost expected and it's not surprising And overall, when I asked you guys, you know, what do you think about when you hear the phrase baby mama? A lot of you guys just said it's an insult. It's a way to talk down on women, specifically black women. But that's kind of a whole nother episode. So we just going to talk about women in general. So that that is what people think. Not everyone, obviously. But when I took a poll and when I looked into it, all over social media and I and I see what people are saying that is what people think of when they think of a baby mama they're like she probably hits a few of these things on this list that's what they think of and me being a single mom that's what I'm saying I'm like so that's what people think of me people who may not know me people who may not know the truth that's their first initial thought when they hear that like I'm not with the father of my child is just crazy. It's just crazy. And it's obviously very unfair. Most of y'all listening to this right now, y'all probably, you know, as I was reading off that list, y'all are probably shaking your head, rolling your eyes, just being like, no, like that's not fair. And you're seeing how problematic 
those stereotypes are, how it's not fair to automatically assume that of every single single mom. But there's people out there, a lot of people out there, I know this for a fact because I've seen it. There's people out there who don't see a problem with that list. They're like, yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, that's usually, maybe it's not everybody, but that's usually what it is. That's what I know. You know, the baby mamas that I know, that's how they are. And that's how I've always, you know, my homeboy said that that's how his baby mama is. So it seems pretty common. It seems pretty true to me. Like there's so many people who highly, highly agree with that list that I just read off. And I just think that's a little crazy. Um, So let's dive into, like I said, I feel like it goes without saying that those stereotypes are not always true. That is not a fair way to judge all single moms. But let me dive into the reasons why those are not true or why they're not true for me. I can really only speak for myself, but at the same time, while I am mainly speaking for myself, I can also speak for the other single moms that I personally know in my life. You know, I have family members who are single moms. I have friends who are single moms. You know, it's not just me. I, I've had this experience of these other women around me to be able to speak on their behalf as well and be able to say, uh-uh, this is not what it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe you do know someone who's like that. But there's tons of other women who are nothing like that. That is not the case. That is not how things went down. That is not the situation. You just don't understand. So anyway, let me dive into this. Why I think certain assumptions or stereotypes aren't usually true or why they're not true for me and other people that I know. The ghetto slash low class assumption is a generalization that is not always the case. Plenty of quote unquote high class And well-educated, rich, wealthy, successful mothers end up separated from their child's father as well. For example, me, my mom, my friends, all college educated, all successful and intelligent. Just because you may end up separated from the child's father doesn't automatically make you some sort of stupid ratchet ghetto baby mama. Like, what is that about? Any and everyone, no matter what kind of woman you are, Sometimes the relationship just doesn't work out. It could be a mutual agreement. It could just be, hey, we thought we wanted to be together. We thought we wanted to have kids together and be married and live happily ever after. But, oh, such and such and such and such happened. And now we just see that it's not meant to be. And so now we're separated. And now you're a single mom. Now you're not my wife. You're not my girlfriend. You're just my baby mama, quote unquote, just my baby mama especially if you were never married, because if you were married, then you're more likely to say ex-wife and ex-wife doesn't sound as bad as baby mama. But if you were never married and you just broke up now, it's like, oh, that's just my baby mama. So it's just, it's not really fair to put that negative connotation when it's like, okay, so our relationship ended. What's the big deal? Second note, it's easier than you think to accidentally get pregnant, even while trying to be safe and careful. And then on top of that, many women do not believe in or feel comfortable with things like abortion um, or adoption. And also on top of that, healthcare and foster systems are both horrible and it's not an easy decision to make. Also, sometimes it's not even an accident. Sometimes it's not even an accident. Unmarried people can plan to have a baby and then things go left, just like I said. 
So this assumption that it's like, oops, you was being promiscuous. You weren't being safe. You just sleeping around with random people being a dumbass. And now you got pregnant and now you're a baby mama. So that's your fault. No, no. Because what if I was being safe? What if I was doing everything? What if I was on birth control? What if I was using protection? Those things can fail. You can really be trying. Of course, people will always say, well, if you was really being safe, you just wouldn't have been having sex at all. Okay, okay, I get it. But let's be realistic. People are going to have sex. And even if you are trying to be safe, those things can fail and you can still accidentally get pregnant. It doesn't always mean that you were just wiling, just having <laughs> unprotected sex. Just That's not what that means. Also, like I said, sometimes it's not even an accident. Sometimes you literally plan to have a baby with this person. You wanted to have a baby with this person. They said they wanted to have a baby with you. But then something happened along the way and, and it didn't work out that way. And now y'all are not together. And now you're being called a baby mama. So that's also not fair. Just because you end up separating from the father does not mean it was a one night stand. You can be in a committed relationship, but it just doesn't work out. And it's better to separate. This happens with married couples all the time. It doesn't always have to be some crazy, like dramatic, negative situation. Like she's crazy and she ruined the relationship and she did this and she it does. It's not always like that. There's so many reasons as to why a relationship can end. Like I keep saying, it's like this assumption. There's there's like this scenario that I feel like people play out in their head like number one you wasn't being careful so that's why you got pregnant number two he never wanted your ass in the first place number three you should have just no like I said what if I was being safe what if I was in a committed relationship but then it just didn't work out and it was better for us to separate what if it was like agreed that we should separate And it's not always just because the parents didn't get along with each other or because the crazy baby mama did something that caused them, caused their relationship to fail. There could be outside factors as to why it was necessary for them to split or as to why it was necessary to remove the child from one of the parents. These horrible situations that may cause a mother to be forced to be a single mother. Basically, it's like, I don't have a choice. I cannot be with this man. I cannot raise my child with this man. And there's a lot of reasons as to why that could happen. A lot of really scary, horrible, tragic reasons as to why it's not even a choice. You know what I mean? Like I'm being forced in a sense to become a single mom and things could change. It could be, again, it could be something I plan to have this child with you. I thought things were going to be great. I thought I was going to raise this child with you. But then you did something or something happened that completely flipped our situation upside down. And now for the best interest of my child, it's not an option. I cannot raise this child with you. I am going to have to be a single mom. You have to think about those scenarios as well. And then it's just it's it's. Many women are actually more than capable of raising a child on their own with little to no outside help. But needing help is a given. The father should help. It really takes a village to raise a child. But if she decides that she can do it on her own, that can be okay too. I feel like the other assumption is that if you're a single mom, you're just such a burden because, you know, you put yourself in this situation and it's all your fault. And you shouldn't have even been doing this and you shouldn't have even gotten pregnant in the first place. And now you put yourself in this situation and you're a burden because you need 
government aid, financial aid. You need help from family. You need help from the grandma. You, you Now you're asking the father for child support and now you're asking for this and that. And this is all your fault because you shouldn't have even put yourself in this situation and people look down on you for needing help now that you are in this situation. Which if you just back up to all the points that I made, first of all, a lot of times it's not even her fault. And it's definitely can't only just be the mother's fault. It takes two people to make a baby. Let's just, let's just put that out here right now it takes two people to make a baby no matter what so in any case where you're just blaming the mother that already doesn't make sense but to then be like okay now the baby is here and now now you're asking for help duh huh when was I ever expected to just do this on my own with no help when in history when in the history of the human race was it ever expected that the mother was just going to be able to do everything by herself That doesn't make any sense. So asking for help, needing financial aid, needing help from the grandparents, like I feel like that's totally normal and shouldn't be so looked down upon. Like it should be expected. Like, what do you expect? Why is that so bad? Especially if it's asking for help from the father. Like I should not, I I don't care what the situation is. I should not even have to ask you for anything because it's your responsibility, period. It was always your responsibility from the jump. No matter what I got going on, no matter what's going on between me and you, it is your responsibility as the father to provide and care for your child. I don't care. That's just period. So all this back and forth about what she shouldn't even, and if she needed this much help and if she needed child support and if she needed this, then she shouldn't have even. Okay, no, no, I don't like that. And also... This is a big thing for me. A single mom, and I guess I have to just say this is my own opinion. I can't really just say this as fact, but a single mom is going to want help and support from the father if she can get it. She is not going to block that help from coming in. So if she is blocking the father from seeing the child, if she is not allowing the father, if there is some sort of wall there where the father is saying like, oh, she won't let me see my kid, da 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 da, there's a reason for that. There has to, there's usually a very good and valid reason for that. Nine times out of 10, a woman is not going to say, no, I just don't like you. And I have this stupid little petty reason since you don't want me romantically or since whatever little petty reason that people think it is. So therefore, I'm not going to let you see your kids just because I'm just being petty and I'm just being problematic. You really think that that's a good enough trade off for the fact that she now has to do everything herself? Like, that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me. If you could get help from the father, you're going to want that help. Those of y'all who have kids, those of y'all who have kids know how hard it is to raise a child and how much you need a break and you need help. And sometimes you will almost do anything to get that help and get a break. And sometimes you feel like you literally are going to die if you don't get some sort of relief from parenthood. Let's be real. So if you so if I'm a single mom and the father of my child is offering and more than capable and and safe and everything is cool and he just wants to see his child and he just wants to take the child for the weekend and he wants to pitch in and he wants to help with everything. There has to be a very good reason for me to turn that down. When I'm over here struggling, I'm tired, I need a break, I need help. And then he's over here offering help and I'm turning it down. There had like think about it. There has to be a good reason for that. Just being like, "Mm, no, I don't like you. I don't want your help. Mm -mm. 
when you get into the thick of it, that's never going to be a good enough reason for you to do that. So I'm so what I'm saying is nine times out of 10, you can't judge situations like that, because if the father is really not being allowed to see the child, I'm just saying there is a good reason for that, meaning that he is doing something. The father is doing something or the father has something dangerous, problematic, untrustworthy, just some sort of danger to the child in some kind of way. And that's why that's the real reason why he's not seeing his child or an even simpler explanation. He doesn't really actually want to. He doesn't actually show up. He doesn't actually follow through. He's just acting like, I really want to see my child, but she won't let me. When in reality, you don't really want to see your child and you haven't, I haven't been able to set that up with you. That's my opinion. That's my, that's from what I've actually seen and experienced nine times out of 10. It's more so something like that. I've never personally, personally, I've never known a real life case. Now I'm not saying it doesn't happen because I know all of these things happen. You know, I'm not saying none of these things like I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I don't want to get the comments of saying, well, my cousin, auntie, she really did do that. And she really is just evil. And it happened. Like, I get it. I get it. But I just don't like the fact that this is like the number one assumption as if this is like the most common thing. I don't think it's the most common thing as far as like, oh, I'm just not going to let him see his kids because I'm just being petty. Like, mm, again, in my experience, it's usually a much better reason than that and it's usually more of a situation where it's like I wish I wish I could let him see his kids I wish I could let him help me (laughs) I wish I had that help I want that help I want him to take his kids for the weekend I want you know what I mean I want to be sharing this responsibility that would be amazing I am so tired I am so overwhelmed that would be amazing if I could be sharing this responsibility but the reason why I'm not is really because X, Y, and Z. And a lot of times outsiders don't know those reasons. And so they look at it and they're just like, oh, she's petty. She's just being petty. She just won't let him see his kids. And I don't understand. She's just evil. And she's just, mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. no, no, I don't. I just don't agree with that. Also, a lot of women answered my poll saying that people think that they're keeping the child away from their father when really the dad just chose not to be involved. So that's exactly what I just said. I asked, I put a poll out there and people literally confirmed what I just said. Like people assume I'm just keeping him away when really they don't know the real story. They don't really know what's going on between me and him. And that's like an overarching thing for this whole thing. Everyone's situation is different. You can't just put these like sweeping generalizations these like huge stereotypes, you can't just apply that to every woman in every situation. Like every situation is so different. There's not just one way to be a baby mama. There's not just one way to be a baby daddy. Everybody has a different situation. So just looking at somebody that you don't know and you don't know the whole story and it's a bunch of he said, she said, you just can't judge it. You just you just shouldn't judge it. Also, raising a child is super expensive and child support is usually not even enough to cover the cost a lot of times in normal everyday situations. I'm talking about regular people, y'all. I know there's a lot of talk about celebrity cases and what a certain celebrity might have to pay for child support. And it just sounds so ridiculous. And that's a whole nother thing that I might dive into that in like a different episode. But I'm talking about everyday normal regular people with everyday normal regular child support amounts for the most part. Nine times out of ten. Again, 
y'all got to look into the actual st- statistics, the actual numbers of everyday people and stop paying attention to celebrities and using that as your example. Everyday people, the average single mom is not even receiving what she needs to cover the costs of raising her child. The average single mom is not out here racking up in child support. I promise you. I promise you. Either she's getting nothing or she's getting very little. Look it up. I promise you. Um, But raising a child is hella expensive. We all know that. You're dumb if you think otherwise. (laughs) And so child support exists for a reason. And even just outside of like a court... um, court forced parental involvement just period if a mother is asking the father to pitch in and help and I need money for this and I need money for daycare like again what did you expect what did you think was going to happen when you gave birth to a whole human when you created half this human you were half (laughs) half the reason why this human exists this is a whole human we're talking about it costs money yeah yeah we gonna need some money for this I don't know what you thought it just doesn't make any sense So I feel like in the long run with the way that child support actually works, fathers who are on child support are actually saving money. They're actually spending less money on their child versus if they were not on child support. Again, I'm talking about average Americans, y'all. Average Americans, not celebrities, not the average child support amount is much less than what you would probably actually be spending on your child if the situation was different because children are so expensive and it's like random things random things every day pop up that you have to pay for that you have to provide unexpected things and so if you are the one who has custody of the child you're with the child 24 7 so all those random things that pop up every single day you're responsible for that versus having this set fixed amount that's the same every month no matter what happens you see that you see how see how that works I live with the child. I'm just coming out of pocket every single day. I'm not even paying attention to how much I'm spending because it's just a bunch of random stuff versus I only have this one set fixed amount that I always pay. That fixed amount is saving you money. So that's another thing that really annoys me about the whole child support. The child support uh, debate that always goes on, on on social media and Twitter and stuff like that. It just annoys me in general, but that's one of the main thing that main things that annoys me about it. Because again, when it comes to the average American, I'm like, y'all don't even realize that it's actually saving you money. It's actually doing you a favor nine times out of 10. Again, I realize there are exceptions. There are exceptions to everything that I'm saying. There are special cases where it's like way left or way right. I get that. I get that. I can feel y'all typing in the comments now. My uncle and my brother and he actually has to. I get it. Okay. I'm talking about average. I'm talking about most likely. Please, please, (laughs) please understand that. I understand that there are different cases and there are exceptions. Um, Also, the whole thing about like, oh, she just went off and started dating a new man. And then she got another baby on the way. That whole Talking down on women, talking down on single moms who just want to continue their life. I don't get that. So I'm I'm supposed to just I'm supposed to just stay here and be a single mom with with the one kid for the rest of my that's just my destiny. I'm not allowed to do anything else. Or like is there a certain time limit on it that nobody told me about? Is there a rule book? Is there a law that says 
you can't date until your child is 14. Like, I don't get that. What do you want me to do? As a single mom, this piece of my life didn't quite work out. It didn't quite pan out how I thought it was. You want me to just sit in that? You want me to just sit in that? I'm not allowed to go off and continue my life. You should be allowed to date. You should be allowed to continue your life. You should be allowed to go and get married and have more children and whatever it is that you want to do as a woman, as a mother, you should be allowed to do that without judgment. Now, I do understand. I do understand that sometimes maybe, you know, again, certain cases, you may look at somebody and you may say, "Mm, I don't know about that because you just gave birth last week and now you're already seeing some other guy and now you're already pregnant again like two days like I understand certain cases call for a little bit more concern okay you still shouldn't judge but I understand being concerned in certain cases with certain decisions that certain mothers make and there's you know there's should be boundaries to it you got to be smart you got to be careful for your child's sake of course you have to be so careful when dating as a single mom and that's going to be a whole nother that's going to be a whole nother podcast episode dating as a single mom because that's a whole nother thing in and of itself so I get that yes you should be careful you should take your time whatever but at the end of the day you should be able to go off and live your life and I just see so much like slander so much judgment like why is she already with another man why is she already pregnant because she wants to she wants to go on and live a happy life can you let her do that like damn That is so, that's so crazy to me. And the biggest thing, I I, kind of already said this, but the biggest thing about all of this is as an outsider, if you are an outsider looking at the baby mama and the baby daddy, you're an outsider. You don't know the whole story. There's so many factors that can be going on behind the scenes that I feel like people just don't think about. They don't consider, they don't realize that this could even be part of it. Number one, abuse. Number two, criminal charges. Number three, financial problems. Number four, mental health problems. Number five, drug use. The list goes on. There's so many little extra things that could be going on in the situation that are making the situation come off a certain way to you because you don't know the inside. Even if it's your friend, even if it's your family member and you feel like you do have the inside scoop, you feel like you do know them, you feel like you do know this lady and she's just a crazy baby mama and she just... You don't. You probably still don't. Just generally speaking in life, there are very few people, I promise you, there are very few people in your life right now, period, that you actually know everything about. People don't be telling the whole story. Not just when it comes to this stuff. In general, people do not be telling the whole story. They hide stuff. They lie. They twist it a certain way. They're ashamed of certain stuff. They're scared to bring certain things up. They don't know how to talk about it. They don't know how to tell you. There's so much that you don't know. So my biggest thing is don't judge. Don't judge what you don't know. You weren't there. You weren't there. Um, and this, all those things I just listed out, those factors that come into play, it's on both sides. Let me be very clear. And it's I'm a, a little late in the episode to be very clear about this. I know that this episode is about baby mamas and it's about the judgment that single moms get. But I do understand that it goes both ways. Single dads also get this judgment. And it's it's an issue both ways with both parents. One, it's not always the dad who's problematic. Trust me, I totally understand that. I totally know that. Um, I'm just talking about the the mother side of it because that's my side of it obviously I'm a mother I can speak more on that from 
experience. So it's just easier for me to talk about that side of it. But trust me, I know it goes both ways. It 100% goes both ways. And pretty much anything that I just said can be applied. You know, you can flip flop it and the same thing is true. Um, So yeah, all those things, it's on both sides. And there's a million different ways that the situation can go. There's not just one way that somebody ends up being a single mom or that a baby mama acts. Co-parenting can go a million different ways as well. And as I just said, it's very hard to make an accurate judgment on the situation unless you know every single detail. You cannot compare one situation to the next situation. Okay, so moving on to the unfair expectations of mothers versus fathers when it comes to co-parenting. First, first big old elephant in a room misogyny just the just the general existence of misogyny in our society if you don't know what misogyny is google it okay i'm not even going to die that would be again a whole nother podcast episode but basically women are treated unfairly just period in the world yes still today if you don't believe that you're dumb women are treated unfairly it's all these unequal expectations and the gender roles and the this and the that and so that also plays a huge role when it comes to this topic specifically, um, I feel like a lot of times the woman, the mother, the single mom is expected to handle 90% of everything with the child. And that's not even with single moms. That's just moms in general, I feel. Moms in general, even if you're married, happily married, it's like the mom is expected to do almost everything when it comes to raising the child. While also accommodating the father and meet his expectations for exactly how he wants to be included, exactly how he wants the child to be raised, what he thinks is right and wrong. It's like you got all these opinions, all these complaints, all these, you know, you want to put your tooth. That's my kid, too. Da, 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 but you're not the one doing it. So I got to do all the work and listen to you and do it your way. No, like <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. Um And there's some situations where literally there are some situations. Again, let me just keep saying the the same disclaimer. It's not every situation, but there are some situations I know for a fact where all the father is doing is writing a check. And sometimes that's just it. Or maybe he's writing a check and doing like a weekly visit for a couple of hours. And that's just, just it. Or sometimes it's not the check, but just the weekly visit. In any case, I'm talking about like situations where the father is really not expected to do much at all. It's like you you basically, basically this child is just like your little friend that you play with for a couple of hours a week. Like you're not raising this child. You're not here. You're not doing anything. And even if you are providing a lot of financial assistance, that's nothing. In my opinion, that's, that's like nothing compared to actually having to be the one to provide the emotional, mental, actually raising the child. You know what I mean? I don't care if you're paying for everything. Not to say that that's useless because it's it's very helpful. You know, we need the finances. We need the money. We, you know, we live in a society, we live in a capitalistic society where we need money to survive. So great. Amazing. Thank you for providing the, the finances. But just because you provide all the money, that's not enough. That's not being a dad that's not being a dad. You know what I mean? Like there's so much emotional, mental toll that comes with being a parent, actually being there physically, mentally, emotionally. You are the one who is molding this child into an adult. You're responsible for that. Anything that they do, anything that happens to them is is your fault, literally. 
so much more to me goes into that versus just like throwing money at the child. And so I feel like it's also very unfair in situations where the dad feels like, well, I'm paying for everything and I'm paying so much in child support and I, I pay the daycare and I pay that and I pay this and she's still not happy and I'm still being called like a, a bad dad. Because that's not everything. That will never be everything. I, I You have to, I feel like it's it always has to be both. It always has to be both. Yes, we need, the kid needs money, okay? You're always going to need money to provide for the child, but that will never be enough. That'll never just be everything. Um, so here's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive, I'm gonna dive into, I've been speaking generally. I've been speaking generally a lot so far, but I am going to dive a little bit into my personal situation, me personally. So let's talk about what people probably think about me and my co-parenting situation, my single mom story um again this is gathered from comments that i've gotten messages me asking you guys like so basically this is what a lot of people think they think that myself and my daughter's father broke up due to our own personal reasons maybe he cheated on me or something like that so we don't have a good relationship or friendship but we are co-parenting meaning that zaya lives with me but spends certain scheduled time with him that's what people think or they think for some reason I'm bitter and angry towards my daughter's father and I just don't want him to see Zaya for no valid reason I'm keeping her away from him for my own personal selfish reasons I don't let Zaya see him although she should be able to that's another like theory <laughs> that y'all have Um, And when I say y'all, I'm using that very generally just as like the general public. Um, Or the third thing is maybe everything is fine. Maybe we equally split our time with Zaya and I just choose to not show it on social media for privacy reasons. So those are kind of like the main three theories that I feel like people have about my situation, because as far as like just my followers, like people, there's no way for y'all to know the truth because I've never actually explained it I've sort of like said certain parts of it and hinted at certain parts of it here and there and if you've been paying like extremely extremely close attention for the last six years then you might know the the truth but for the most part there's not really a good way for anybody to know the truth I can't expect I can't expect anything other than these theories because what else do y'all have to go off of like of course you're going to come up with your own theories um but I will say out of all those three theories, none of them are correct. (laughs) None of them are correct. So a little bit of insight into my actual situation. And this is where um, I explained in the the first like intro episode. And I explained earlier in this episode that like I'm going to try and be more detailed. I'm going to try and and make this make sense. But it is hard for me, y'all. It is hard for me to talk about it, period. But it's also hard for me to know kind of like what's okay to say or not. Um, But for me, it was more of a situation where, like I said, I was single from the jump. We were never in a healthy, committed relationship the whole time I was pregnant. Pretty much as soon as I found out that I was pregnant, our relationship was already done for. And so I was single throughout my whole pregnancy. Um, The plan was for us to co-parent 
and have, you know, a healthy co-parenting situation, kind of like, you know, what these theories said as far as like, we just kind of split our time, like we're not together, but we're both still parenting her and we both just kind of have our equal time and our equal responsibilities and we kind of just you know we make it work like that's what co-parenting is kind of supposed to be it's like we still have a great um you know Zaya still has two very involved very loving parents they just aren't together so that was the plan uh I'll say that that plan did not pan out that's not what ended up happening over a long series of events and things that went down that, um, you know, maybe I'll dive into in a separate podcast because it would take forever to explain it right here. Things went left, honestly. Things went really left. And I was very, very, um, what's the word? Kind of, I felt like I was kind of pushed into a corner, uh, more so in line with what I was saying earlier about how sometimes you don't really have a choice. It's not even a choice of if I want to do this or not. It's more like for the well-being of my child, I cannot do this. So that was more of my situation. It was like, I already knew that I wasn't going to be with you. I already knew that we were going to be co-parenting. But now it's actually even more than that. It's not even going to be co-parenting. I am just going to raise her myself. And that is due to things that are outside of my control. That is due to, um, like I said, I had to think about what was best for her. And I consulted with experts and professionals and, you know, legal guidance and everyone else, everyone else very much so agreed. Yes, this is what you need to do for the well-being of your child. This is how it's going to have to go. It's not going to be the happy-go-lucky half and half, whatever, whatever. That's It can't be like that. It just cannot. So, yeah. Zaya lives with me full-time. I have full custody of her. I fully provide for her. There's no, there's no financial help coming in. There's no nothing. There's no nothing. Zaya, I am Zaya's mom. That's what she knows. That's all she knows. If you ask Zaya right now today about her family, like who who is her family, who's in her life, like what's her situation, she will tell you I have a mommy and I also have a grandma and a grandpa and uncles and cousins and she'll start listing off everyone. But what she knows is that I am her mom and that is very indicative of like our situation. I am her mom. That's it. So hopefully that makes sense. Um, and again, we this is new for me okay I'm inching my way in like I keep saying with this podcast I'm inching my way in so you know just just bear with me hopefully that makes sense um and so due to that due to how my situation actually played out due to the truth about my situation and um just how it really wasn't it wasn't I think the stereotypical situation that people think of when they think of a single mom, when they think of a baby mama and they, I feel like I said that we are baby mama. <laughs> it wasn't my situation. I don't think was very stereotypical at all. I don't think I'm a stereotypical baby mama at all. As far as who I am as a person, you know what I mean? All these like generalizations that I read off in the beginning. I don't think any of those apply to me. Like literally none. And that's what really, that's what really hurts. 
is to have the, that judgment thrown at me, have people make those assumptions about me when none of that is true. And that's not how my situation went down at all. Um, and that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say with this episode if you know if anybody takes anything from this episode it's like don't judge a book by its cover first of all second of all you have no right to be judging third of all like just watch watch how you think and watch what you say especially but just watch how you think too because it's like you don't you just literally don't know what you're talking about a lot of times um and I just think it's so sad it's so sad not just for myself but for like I said I have friends who are single moms family and anyone out there who I see like getting bashed on social media it just makes me feel so bad because I know I know what it's like from firsthand experience. I know how unfair it is and I know how people just really get the wrong idea. And it's and it can be so hard to change their mind too. Um so yeah. That's kind of that's that's my personal situation and that's why it it hurts extra bad <laughs> basically because I'm like you don't understand how not true these stereotypes are for me. Um, so to kind of wrap it up, I did want to try to give some advice for all the single moms who may be listening or just like moms in general who are dealing with toxic situations. Unfortunately, I know that it's pretty common. You know what I mean? I know that I have a lot of single moms who follow me and that's like why they follow me. That's the thing that they kind of relate to me on. And that's been the thing that I don't really talk about like at all. I talk about it very vaguely, very just kind of surface level because as I explained in the first intro episode, like I, there are reasons why I haven't been able to dive into more personal things recently or why I've been nervous or scared about that. And it has made me feel really bad because I'm like as an influencer and as someone who is known as a single mom influencer and I know that I have all these other single moms following me I really want to bring some value to the table I really want to be able to talk about this more I want to help them I want to give advice I want to answer their questions I want to dive into these topics I think that would be so beneficial and it's so important but I've like been essentially too scared to do it and so now this is me trying to dip my toe into that water and and start to do that a little bit more. So I wrote down some notes as far as the advice that I can give. Obviously, I'm not a professional. I don't have any sort of magic formula, magic spell that can help y'all, especially because everybody's situation is so different. I don't know what y'all are going through. I don't know what y'all need specifically. And also, I probably went through a lot of the same things and I didn't even have the answers. And some stuff, I still don't have the answers. I still feel like I'm struggling with certain things. So take this advice with a grain of salt. But the first thing that I wrote down is to seek professional help when you can, such as therapy, family counseling, and legal advice. I did that and it was super helpful. I know sometimes it could be very scary because the first thing is like admitting that you need that help, admitting that you have this problem. Also, it can just be hard as far as just having access and being able to afford those types of things. It can be really expensive. But if you are able to, I highly recommend seeking professional help. And that's for anything. That's just with mental health in general, family drama in general, any anything that you're going through that you feel super overwhelmed or you don't know what to do. I always say seek professional help. It has helped me a lot in the past. Um, and then I would say do your own research as far as what's out there in terms of different resources and support and um, what your rights are, what your options are. I feel like the best thing you can be as a parent, well, really as a person, but especially as a parent, especially as a single mom in a difficult situation, the best thing that you can be is educated 
knowledgeable. Know, know your shit. Know your shit when it comes to this topic. Because as far as like the legal jargon and like I said, the resources and the, the what you can and can't do and what and what is and isn't out there to help you, like you have to research that. You have to know. Like there's no nice and tidy little handbook on how to deal with this stuff. It's like you got to take the time to research. And I think it's so helpful to be knowledgeable on this topic for a lot of different reasons. And honestly, if you have access to Wi-Fi, you technically have access to a lot of free information out there because of Google. You know, it's a simple Google search. It's looking into other people's situations. It's, you know, looking up, like I said, stuff as far as the, the legal stuff. I just say try to be as educated as you can and don't just go off of hearsay because I see that a lot as far as like, well, my friend said that this is what she did in her situation. So I think I'm just going to do that. Or she said that you can't really like you can't really just go off of he said, she said. Sometimes you can trust other people's advice. But the best thing to do is like, look it up, look it up yourself, see what you can and can't do. See, You know what I mean? Like, just be super educated. Um, And also you might realize you might find something that you didn't know was out there or that you didn't know was possible that could actually really be beneficial for you. Um, so yeah, always do your research. Third thing is to try to create a family or a community by being intentional with your friendships. It's always better to have someone to lean on and it doesn't have to be your own blood. Some friends from before you had kids may not be much help anymore and it's okay to outgrow those people and seek new friendships. This is huge, huge because I feel like this is one thing that you you have control over. It's not about how much money you have. It's not about your situation. Like, for the most part, you have control over this. You need a community of supportive people around you. I don't care if it's just one person or two people or whatever. Let the other people go who are not supportive, who are not helping you, who are not there for you, who are not. And I understand everybody has their own shit going on and you may just have a friend who yeah that's really a true friend but they just have so much shit going on that they just can't really help you too much with your shit and I have friends like that too and that's a different thing but I'm talking about the friends who kind of just were like you basically realized that's not your real friend because you know when you got pregnant or when you had your kid or when you and your baby's father broke up they started acting funny they started being like mm. I don't know. I don't really want to be involved in this. I don't really, I'm not really there for you. I'm not really listening. I don't really want to do that. Cause all I really want to do is go out and party. You know, those type of friends, you got to let those people go. They're holding you back. They're making you feel bad. They're making you feel unwanted. They're judging you. They're literally not bringing any value to the table as far as being a helpful friend. Let those people go. There's a there. I, I luckily didn't have too many people in my life like that as far as like before and after pregnancy, but it definitely happens. It definitely happens. And so it's really important going forward to keep the ones who are there for you close to you and seek out new friendships intentionally. Is this person actually going to be a good friend for where I'm at in life right now? This is my new situation. I'm a mom now. I'm a single mom now. I have to understand that and I have to you know choose friends accordingly. You can't just have any and everybody in your life when you have a kid. First of all, you have a kid now. You're a mom now. Things are different. Switch up your your social circles. I can't talk. Switch up your social circles to fit your new situation. And if you are being intentional with those friendships, those friendships can become like family. That can become, if you don't have family who's supporting you, if you don't have family around, you can create a family. 
if you're being really intentional with your friendships. And that's something that I definitely had to learn. And I'm so grateful now that I have both. I have my family, but I also have really, really my little small, my closest friends. They're like family. And I know anything having to do with my situation, anything having to do with my daughter, Zaya, I know I can count on them. So I, I highly that's just like so important. Um other thing is, of course, always put your child first, but also take care of yourself and protect yourself. Your mental state as a mother is super important. You cannot care for your child if you're not taking care of yourself. If you are falling apart, if you are in dangerous, crazy situations, if your mental health is just down in the dumps, if your physical health, how are you going to take care of your child? Who is going to be there for your child if you cannot be there? If you literally cannot be there because you're in such bad shape? You have to watch out for yourself, too. You have to do what's best for yourself, too. Because everything that you're trying to do for your kid is going to be for nothing. After that, you have to be able to do it. So you have to take out that time. And I'm not talking about, like, oh, make sure you do a spa day. and blah, blah. Like, I know I've said that before, and, like, that's part of it. But I'm talking about, like, really sitting back and evaluating your life and your life choices and being like, is this good for me? <laughs> Am I making good decisions? Am I in a good situation? Is there maybe some way that I could maybe, like, not do this or not do that or kind of shift my situation around to put myself in a better, healthier place so that my child is also in a better, healthier place. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, Last thing I wanted to say is don't be afraid of really tough decisions. Do what's best for you and your child, period. Listen to your guts. Listen to your intuition. I believe in a woman's intuition and stand your ground. You don't owe anybody else anything. You don't owe anybody else anything. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's the uh, the father in certain cases. Put your child and yourself first, period. I don't care about anything else. That's your responsibility. It's your responsibility to take care of yourself so that you can take care of your child. That's it. There's so many cases where it's like all this outside chatter and all these outside opinions and what you should and shouldn't do. Trust your gut. Do what you know is best. Make your own decisions. Stand your ground. Do not let people push you around. Do not let people persuade you into doing things that you know are not really the right decision. You have to trust yourself. And trusting yourself comes from the fact that you did your research, comes from the fact that you've taken care of yourself so you're in a good mental space to make these sane decisions. That's why all of this stuff kind of leads into each other. It leads down to the fact that like, this is all on you, mama. In a lot of cases, this is all on you. And you need to be able to trust yourself. So yeah, that's that was my last notes. That is my baby mama rant for today. I feel like I kind of just blacked out and literally just started like ranting. That's why I wanted to make sure that I had these notes written down. So I'm sorry if this podcast was a little bit more like reedy, like reading off of the screen because I was to a certain extent. I just wanted to make sure that I was like saying everything and covered everything. Um, And again, I just want to reiterate that I know there are some things that I've said in this podcast that may kind of raise an eyebrow like, well, that's not really fair because it goes both ways. Or, well, actually, I, I get that again. I get that there are different situations. I get that there are exceptions to every rule. I get that there are special cases. I get that your situation might be totally opposite from anything that I just said. 
I totally understand that. But these were just kind of specific opinions and specific points that I wanted to say based on my opinion, based on my experience. And everybody's experience is going to be different. I want y'all to understand when y'all come to this podcast, you're coming to the Raven Elise podcast where Raven Elise is going to give Raven Elise opinions based on Raven Elise experiences. It's not going to be Martha's experience or Susan or Joseph or John. Okay. (laughs) So you have to understand, like, I want to make this clear from the jump. You have to understand that there are going to be times where you disagree with me or when things just don't quite align. Cause this is me. This is my brain, my opinions. Um, And so I want that to be known because I don't want to come off as like, I'm the almighty, all knowing person and everything that I say is just fact and everything that I say, like, that's just what it is. Like, no, I understand. This is just my opinion. Um, So yeah, that's all I have for this podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Bye.